What's up, everybody? Good morning again to you. Glad you're here. Welcome to all those watching online. Hey, come on, church. Let's welcome all those watching online with us today as well. Can we do that? Awesome. Well, we are in a series called You Ask For It, and uh, this is a message. Uh, all the messages in this have been messages you've asked for. And so back at Easter time, uh, we had a connection card on the back of that. We gave you the opportunity just to list out topics and messages that you wanted to hear about. And so, uh, so we took the top five most asked for messages, and we put this series together. And today was the fourth most asked for message. And it was on, if you did not already see it in your message notes, or if you're on the app taking... Uh, you can go through message notes on there as well today is, man, how do I deal with difficult people? I mean, y'all got some difficult people in your life, right? You know, yeah, yeah. Don't nudge the person next to you, all right? And so, yeah, we we all working on it. And uh, hey, want to give a shout out to Corey Nichols, man, my great, great friend from Destiny Rescue. Of course, stand up real quick. Come on, Destiny Rescue. We help to support. Love him. Love these guys. Love you, man. Glad you're here today. And, uh, man, doing incredible things. They had a great dinner last night. And, uh, and so, man, just thankful for Destiny Rescue. And Corey is such a good, good friend. And so, but I want to get right into the message today. And so, because uh, we got some great things happening outside. If you're here for the first time, don't know what's happening. Or maybe that's why you're here. You got invited. We're, again, just so glad that you're uh, with us. And uh, had, having a lot of good time today and just uh, hooking up. But, um, by the way, just to, just to let you know, when you do s'mores, all right, when you go to get out there, do the s'mores with Reese Cups. Trust me, you will thank me and love me even more, all right, all right. And so Hershey's is great, but Reese's is like next level in your life, all right. It might change your life today, okay. If the message doesn't help you, the Reese's will help you. Come on, somebody, all right. So, uh, but, but dealing with difficult people, man, there is no anxiety like people anxiety. How many know what I'm talking about? How many know life can be tough with people? And, uh, and, and the reason why that is, man, it may be a, it may be a family member, a coworker, a friend. And, but, you know, the thing that as I was working through this message this week, uh, God has so much to say on how to deal with difficult people. And so I'm going to show you that. And it's interesting to me that uh, just how for everything that you and I go through, we'll ever go through in our life. I'm so glad that we have an answer that we can go to to Jesus and to go into his word. Come on, amen? And so for every problem that you're facing, I just want you to know that God does have a solution, that you don't have to wander around in this life just trying to figure it out, uh, that God has a plan and he's got a purpose for your life and it's in uh, the Bible and it's still, by the way, the number one best-selling book in all the world, and, uh, and so, which I think is pretty awesome. And so, but here's what I've learned about relationships and, and that is this, that your vertical, this is something I would say it this way, your vertical always affects your horizontal. What I mean by that? is your vertical relationship with God will always affect horizontally your relationships with people. So if you find that you're struggling relationally with people, it's typically because there's a disconnect oftentimes in your relationship with God. And so the two are very important. Part of us reaching the world together is not doing it by ourselves. We can get a lot more done and accomplished for the kingdom of God when we do it together. Can you say good amen today, all right? And so uh, we're better when we are together. And so relationships... Uh, can bring some about, really bring about some of the greatest pleasures, uh, but also some of the greatest pain in our life. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? And so people problems I've just found are some of the worst to deal with. And, and honestly, one of the reasons why we have issues and struggles in relationships is because we are different. The person next to you, different. Say, Pastor, yeah, I know. Different. All right? All right? Not wrong. Everybody say, not wrong. Just different. <laughs> All right? And, and so the differences we have, though, is what causes us problems. 
I'm going to show you something, take you back to Exodus and, and see something that I think that's very important before I really kind of go forward in today's message that I want to just grab something out of this verse in Exodus 28, verse 29 through 30. And it says this, that whenever Aaron enters the holy place, he will bear the names, everybody say the names, of the sons of Israel over his heart on the breastpiece of decision. So in those days, it was, uh, the breastpiece was something they wore. They had names on it. In that day, it was the 12 tribes of Israel were the names on it. And, and here's what, what's really important. You've always got to know the names that are written over your heart. And the reason why this is important for you and I to know the names that are written over our heart, because here's what happens, because how you are relationally determines how effective, really how anointed you're going to be. And so that's where the relationships are so important. So in other words, let me say it this way, the right names over my heart. Like I think about my great-grandfather, I think about my grandfather, my dad, my mom, and some of the pastors who have poured out into my life. I know I'm standing, man, on their names today. But here's what I also realize, that you can have bad names that are written all over your heart if you don't handle offense right. And, and, and so one of the things last week, by the way, didn't my, didn't my wife just, just hit a home run last week in that message? Whoa. Whoa, all right, and I heard so much, man, my whole small group said, Pastor, your wife, man, she just killed it, she crushed it. I was like, come on, it's my girl, it's my girl, all right, and uh, so I just thought about just having her just preach the rest of the time. I'll just sit and I'll say, baby, I'll cheer you on, let's go, you know, but a great message on forgiveness and uh, just uh, uh, an incredible job. If you missed that message, I really encourage you to go watch it because I really think today's message has a lot to do with last week's message. In other words, I think it's a test of how you did this week with forgiveness, all right, so isn't it interesting? Y'all asked for these messages, by the way, and I put, we put them in the order that you asked. So, you know, you set yourself up, all right? And so here's the thing that I know, though, today, and that is this. The first thing that is so important is the relationships over your heart. You've got to know the names that are on your heart today, all right? Your relationships determine how you handle decisions in your life. Uh, you may have heard this. You are the sum total of your relationships. Back to Aaron for a second. It says this, this thus Aaron uh, in verse 30 there, continuing, will always bear the means of making decisions. Notice that, making decisions for the Israelites over his heart. So again, the relationships in your life have a lot to do with how you make decisions in your life. All right? In other words, where you are with people right now, think about it this way, how you think about them, whether it be your husband, whether it be your wife, whether it be your kids, whether it be people that you work with, if you let offense get in your heart, you will make bad decisions. And so it's very important that you know the names that are written over your heart. So here's just two nuggets I want to give you today. I did put them in your notes just because I think it's worth remembering. And I think it's important to help navigate in relationships. And, and the first one is this. You've got to lower your expectations of people. I think what happens a lot of times in life and in just family and, and coworkers and different ones is that we place such unrealistic expectations on people. And then when they don't meet those expectations, it just provides greater tension, greater issues, greater challenges. And really what we've done is set the bar so high that, man, uh, ain't, ain't going to happen. And then I would even say that we, we also place expectations that just go uncommunicated. We have, uh, which is, this is the number one sin in leadership, and that's assumption. We just assume they should know. Or, I mean, like, you know you should have done that for me, you know, kind of deal. Or, you know, somebody that's, you know, maybe there's trash on the ground and you see three, four, five people walk by it, but you're the only one that notices. Well, it doesn't make them wrong. just makes them different from you. You're wired for the details. They not. So everybody say we're a little different. <laughs> a little different, a little different, all right? And so lower your expectations of people, but here's the key. Raise your expectations of God. You've got to raise your expectations of God. 
And so I've had to learn this in my marriage because I expected to be every, Bethany to be everything I wanted her to be. Can I just tell you, it's a recipe for disaster. All right? And so we try to get that figured out in premarital counseling too, by the way. I mean, I, I, it was something I've always enjoyed doing, Bethany and I both, when, when a couple wants to get married and, you know, we get them in a week or two. And then our greatest goal that we try to do is, and I, you may find this funny or you may be like, man, what's up with you? You know, is, is, is we just try to get them at each other. Just get them mad a little bit, you know, like, you know, get them disagreeing. Because then I, at that point when they're just going at each other, I just stop them and say, okay, wait, can you live with that? And they just look at me like, ooh. And so... You know, either tuck tail and run now, baby, or that's what you're getting, you know. And so, and so I say all that to say, again, we're different. We handle things differently, and we have different, you know, we have difficult people in our life, and we get real frustrated. And again, this message is helping you and I to understand, you know, how to navigate this. But here's what you, ha you and I have to realize is that nobody can ever live up to your expectations but only God. No person. Only God can live up to your, own, to your expectations. And so when people are different from me, it's difficult. Why? Because I'm perfect. Man, like it's my way or the highway, you know. It's like, what's wrong with you? I like things a certain way. You know, you the problem, not me, you know. So we have these, these emotions. It's just, it ain't right, and it's not healthy, and we're all jacked up, needing God's help. That's why we're here, amen, myself included, all right? So different to me, though, means difficult sometimes. When I hear that, I'm thinking, ooh. And so think about something. I was thinking about this this week, and I, was, I, I just had a moment at my desk with the Lord, and I literally just laughed. And do you realize, think about this, that God doesn't put you around the same people. He puts you around different people. I don't, for me, it was just like, oh, yeah. That's right, you know? And so I just have that epiphany, like God purposely puts us around people. Can I tell you what heaven is all about? Relationships. So you better get, you, you better do a good job on this earth working on the relationships that you have, all right? And so, because you think you introverted in here, man, you're going to be extroverted in heaven, all right, everybody? All right, so just get working on it. Let, let us help you with it a little bit, all right? But seriously, here's, here's why even with growth track, it starts, our growth track that we have, it's a massive part of just what we do as a church, kicks off next Sunday. It's an opportunity. We take people through a process, and part of that process is, is through our DISC personality assessment. Why is that important? Because you need to know who you are and who you're not. You need to know your sweet spot and, and, and your gifts. We take people through a gift assessment. Why? If not, you and I can just wake up on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and just kind of do our work and do what we do, but do it without any purpose. That's why I think a lot of people go job to job to job because they're trying to fill their life with things other than God. And so the heart of this church is to help people stay on mission and to help people find their sweet spot because we just feel like, man, when you find your sweet spot, you can wake up on a Monday and know what your purpose is and begin to navigate your life in such a way that you're living life on purpose with your purpose. And you'll have a lot less frustration in your life when you're living out doing what your purpose is. And so that's our hope through Growth Track. starts next Sunday. It's during our noon service and helping people to find what their sweet spot is. Is. And so, you know, I was thinking about this this week, and we got Fall Fest and everything. I love Marvel movies, and I love some of the DC stuff, but I think Marvel's better. But I do like some of the DC characters. How many Marvel people like me can, can watch, yeah, the, the superhero movies? And uh, come on, how many watched Avengers Endgame? Like, come on, come on, bought the cup, bought the tin thing like I did for my kids. It's kind of for me, but, you know, but, but yeah, and you watch that three-hour thing. Anybody? Yeah, a few of you, good. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. 
crazy, three hours, but it's a great movie. Anyways, and so I was thinking about this. Think about all the different characters in Marvel and DC. Do you realize with Marvel and DC that all those different characters and personality types, you have them in your life? Think about it. Everybody's got a Batman in their life. Hello, I'm Batman. Like, I could do it. If they need me to do a voiceover, I'm there. You know, I'm just a call away, Hollywood. You know, I will do it. All right? I'm Batman. And you just think about it. You know, he wears a mask. Think about it. We all got this in our life. We all got a Batman. Wears a mask. Don't know who you are. Know you're there. But you're Batman. All right? Everybody's got a Joker in their life. <laughs> I mean, he's just got jokes all the time. Everything's a game to you. Shut your mouth. Everything's not a game all the time. Like, just relax. I don't need laughing all the time. Like, it's good, but can you shut your mouth for a little bit? You know, everybody's got a joker in their life. Everything's a game. Everything's laughing. Come on, everybody's got a wolverine in their life. Unpredictable. Wolverine. And the question is, with wolverine, you got that dual personality thing going. Which one showed up today? Is it Becky or Beth? Like, I don't know which one showed up today. Like, you tell me, you know. Oof. You know, everybody's got an Iceman in their life. Oh, yeah. I, they, they really show up in my family. I don't know about yours. Like you get around a, a family gathering, Thanksgiving or family reunion, and you just got that one person. You know, it's, sometimes it's the crazy uncle that can be this way. Sometimes it's not. Everybody's, everybody's got a crazy person in their family. If you don't know who they are, it might be you, all right? So, anyways. <laughs> and so, everybody's got a nice man of the life. It's like, you know, you get in those settings, and they say things. Like, man, that was 25 years ago. Like, we've moved forward, and you, you want to revert to the past. Like, can you just shut your mouth and say something positive? But everybody's got an ice man. It's just like, it's just cold. Like, man, it's just, like, like, it's sunny out, and you just feel like it's always raining, you know? Like, it's just hard to do life with you, you know? And so everybody's got an ice man. Then everybody's got a Wonder Woman in their life, Miss Perfect. She knows how to make soap. She's got a Ph.D. in science. And she can do everything, right? She just, she just won a marathon with her baby in the stroller at a 5K. She can do it all. She does, she does it all. Miss Perfect. Got Superman, Mr. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Mr. Perfect. Just, just does everything well. He's always trying to one-up you. You know, how I many know when he's always trying to one-up you? Man, I had a great day. Mr. Superman would say, man, I had a better day. You know, just always trying to one-up you. I just, can you support my good day? You know, just be quiet, you know. Then everybody's got the Hulk in their life. Think about it. Anger. Anger. Whew. You know, think about it. Baby, can you stop at the store and... Grab me something on the way. What do you mean stop at the store? I'm trying to get home. Woo. Green's coming out, isn't it, baby? All right. And then everybody's got, come on, I'm, here's what I know. Everybody's got a, a Dr. Strange in their life. Enough said because you already know. You know. You know who they are right now. It's like, man, man, he's strange. Anyway, so I just say all that to say we've got different types of people. Different types of people in our life. Come on, at school. In our families, at our job, come on, in church, on our teams that we may play on, different types of people, tons of different difficult people. And we live in a fallen world that has become unraveled relationally. And I think what's important is that we peel back the layers and really try to bring some understanding if we're going to help navigate, I think, such an important part in our life. And I would, I would, honestly, this is such an important part because there is a very spiritual thing as it relates to relationships. Relationships are so important to you. It's part of God's equation in reaching the world today. James 5.16 says this, confess your sins and trespasses to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. 
God teaches us to go to him for forgiveness, but teaches us to go to people for healing. Think about that. So people are a necessary part of your life, and it's the enemy's plan to keep you from right, healthy relationships. And that's why I think messages like this and messages like last week that Bethany talked about are just so important, which is why, again, this is such a target. He is relentlessly, the enemy is relentlessly attacking our relationships. Let me show you a couple of scriptures today. 2 Timothy 2, it says, again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. The servant of the Lord must not quarrel but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach. And look at this, read the last part with me. Be patient with difficult people. Say it again. Be patient. I was like three of you that said it. Come on, everybody, here we go. Be patient. There we go, there we go. All right, we needed a little mustard on it. It was good, all right. And so, be patient with difficult people. God says it very plainly. He knows that you and I are going to deal with difficult people. People. I think it's something that's interesting about the word difficult is in the Greek it means to be harsh or hard. And it literally means this. I saw this this week in the Greek. It also literally means someone that annoys us. I mean, no, God really gets us. <laughs> he gets us. How many have ever had someone, how many have ever been in a place, anyone ever tell you that you're annoying? Yeah, right. You don't have to raise your hand. All right. Or, or that, you know, or maybe that person annoys me. You know, uh, sometimes we're being annoyed or sometimes we're the annoying person. James 4, look at this verse. This is so good. It says, where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Do you think they just happen? Think again. They come about because you want your own way. You just stay lot. <laughs> You want your own way and fight for it deep inside yourselves. You lust for what you don't have and are willing to kill to get it. You want what isn't yours and will risk violence to get your hands on it. You wouldn't think of just asking God for it, would you? And why not? Because you know you'd be asking for what you have no right to. You're spoiled children, each one in your own way. You have to die to the right to be right all the time and, and die to that place of selfishness because we all have that tendency in us. I think what's dangerous is when you get into the me, myself, and I space, becomes a very unhealthy place to live. And so this next scripture is powerful because it's going to help us see the natural part of us, but the men also the spiritual part. Watch this, Galatians chapter 5. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you this again, as I had before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the, king, the, the kingdom of God. And I was looking at this this week, and I thought, man, Lord, I think it's just interesting that you, you, you put anger, outbursts of, of ambition, those kind of things in the same category as sorcery. Like, that's heavy. But I'm so glad that God doesn't just leave us at that island. Like, if we're struggling with that today, I'm so glad that we have an incredible God who loves us so much that says, I don't want you staying on that island. Because God and his love always provides us a way out. And that's what he does. That God, that God can move you. If you're on that island today, God can move you off that island, man, just to a place with him of restoration, to a place of healing, to a place of peace. Amen? And the Bible goes on to say, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness faithfulness. I think it's interesting that God knows that you and I are going to have struggles in our relationships. And some of you are trying to navigate that right now. 
Some of you are trying to deal with wounds right now. In fact, I know it. And here's why. This week, as I was looking at all the different prayer requests that came in, it's a lot of them weekly, which we love because it's the greatest honor of our life to pray and to be in agreement with you. And I specifically looked this week of how many of those requests that came in had to deal with relationships. Can I tell you, I'll give you a hard number, and this is pretty, pretty hard, pretty accurate. About 90% of all the requests that we received just this week all had to do with relationships. Think about that. People that are believing for forgiveness in their family, people that are believing for reconciliation to happen in their family, people that are just believing for healing to come in relationships. And so we live in a world where we deal with difficult people and difficult situations. Here's the cause. The cause of people problems is sin, shame, and selfishness. I'm going to say it again. The cause of all these difficult situations with people is because of sin, shame, and selfishness. You know, when I look at the Bible and I look at Scripture, the Bible is like a big family album. And you see all these different pictures of men and women in the Bible. And different ones that God is working on, working with. And there's all kinds of dysfunctions you'll see. The Bible's packed with some good drama, I'm just telling you. Uh, there's, there's, man, fighting in there, though. There's bullying in there, feuding. I think about the relationships of two brothers, Cain and Abel, that jealousy led to violence, led to murder. I think about Paul and Barnabas, who ended up going separate ways because of offense, and they chose not to deal with it and release the forgiveness that they had. Then one of my favorites that, that I look at as a story, and it's a really ho heroic story of, of a man going through so much relationally and coming out of it, is Joseph, a.k.a. Joe. Everybody say Joe. Uh, so Joseph was in a place, Joe was highly favored by his daddy um, more than his brothers. Dad hooked him up with some swag, with uh, the cloak of many colors. I mean, that would be a pretty sweet thing to wear on a Sunday. And so he had all these collars on, the jacket, just kind of, yeah, it's pretty cool. And so, uh, and that was shown as big, as, as favor on his life. And Joe probably did something he shouldn't have done. I don't know. I mean, it's up for debate, I think. But, and, and that is, he told his brothers his dreams and Part of that dream is like, one day y'all going to bow to me. Like, how you know, it's probably not going to go over real well with your brothers. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, they probably don't want to hear that. So that's what he did, and his brothers hated him for it, wanted him to die. I mean, wanted to kill him. Ends up in a place where they cast him in a pit for a while, then they sell him, then he's sold again to a man named Potiphar, and he's in Potiphar's house. I mean, just think about the issues of the struggles relationally with his brothers, all this. Now I'm being sold. Now Potiphar is in his house with his wife. Potiphar's out working, and his wife comes on to him. Say, hey, Joe, Bev's looking good. What, what you think? You know, and Joe's like, nope, ain't doing it. No, you are, no, get behind me. You know, and so he runs out of the house and Man, then Potiphar's wife just goes crazy and lies on him and says, man, he tried to come on to me. Just all kinds of lies. And then he ends up in prison. I mean, this is, this is a tough time for Joe. Brother's going through some stuff relationally. He thought you had a bad day, right? And so here he is. Now he's in prison. He's in prison for right around 13 years. In, in that time, he meets two guys, the baker and the cupbearer of, of Pharaoh and connects with them. And God uses him to help interpret some dreams and Finally, the cupbearer is released to be able to go back and serve Pharaoh. And he tells, Joe tells him, he said, hey, he said, man, remember me. Don't forget me. Like, trying to get up out of this prison. I've been here for 13 years. Like, whoo, little favor. You know, like something. Cupbearer gets out, forgets him for two more years. So finally, Pharaoh has a dream. And cupbearer remembers, oh, man, yeah, I forgot about Joe. He's in the prison. Let me get him. 
And uh, so gets him out of prison. And I love this question. Pharaoh looks at him, the leader of the nation, and he looks at him and says this to, to Joseph. He says, Joseph, you interpret dreams, I hear. Joseph's response, he said, no man can do that, only God can. I love that response. Man, you have to love a brother, though. Here's what I was thinking about this week. You have to love a brother who's been in a pit, who's been hated on, spit on, talked about, all those things. And yet, God elevates him now in an opportunity with Pharaoh, who has the greatest influence in the nation, to now be in a place of incredible posture. And here he is, where bitterness hasn't affected him. It's an incredible place to be. And I think he would have every right to. Let me say it this way, that I think when it comes to bitterness, there may be bitterness around you. There may be bitterness that comes towards you, but it doesn't have to get in you. And I think what we have to be careful of in navigating relationships, you know, and, and again, that's why you have to be very mindful of that. Um, you know, and, and I'm always a proponent of the word in Matthew 18, that if you have an issue with a brother, that you go to that brother, not to somebody else. If not, it's gossip. And so we just have to watch that, and, 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 and we have to deal with those things and be honest about it. Because if not, their stuff can get in you. And so that's where I'm always navigating people. I say, hey, man, let's go. Go to the source of that and get your heart worked out because I don't need to carry that stuff. And let's, let's see God work in that relationship. And guess what? God can work in those relationships, all right, and helping to navigate. But it takes honesty and takes help. And so Joseph is now in the place of incredible power. Just to kind of, I'm giving you kind of the Kyle Mills summary story of this. And he's got incredible favor. He's married. He's got kids now. This is an amazing story because now all of a sudden Joseph sees his brothers, the same ones that wanted to kill him, are now coming up. And for you and I, we would probably think it's payback time. It's payback time. For all the haters and the takers, oh, yeah, like, like how you like me now? You know what I'm saying? Like, how you like me now? Like, here I am in, in great favor. What's up? You know? And so that's probably where most people would think. But watch what happens. Genesis 50 says, but now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers were frightened. Now, Joseph will pay us back for all the evil we've done to him. So the brothers are thinking, we're done. Like, we tried to kill him. He's, he's, he's in power now. He's, he's going to take us out. Watch his response, man. Watch Joseph's response. His response could have been anything. But this is how he chose to deal with difficult people and a difficult relationships with his brothers. It says, but Joseph told them, don't be afraid of me. And my God to judge and punish you. As far as I'm concerned, look at this. God turned into good what you meant for evil. What a powerful moment. What a, what a humbling moment for his brothers. And where Joseph had, he could have did anything. He had the power to do so. But instead, he said, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help your families out. Hey, we're not looking back. We're looking forward. But I love this part of Joseph. What he realizes, I know that you wanted to kill me and you sold me off, but it actually was a part, all of it was a part of the process for God to get me into a place of authority, to get me into a place today, to, to not, not only for the blessing for my life and my family, but I endured all that pain to be in a position to help save a nation. And God literally used Joseph to help save a nation and then save his family. Think about the turnaround. It's incredible. I remember, hey, Pastor Kyle, throw me that ball. So I remember, I was thinking about this this week. So I play basketball in school. Come on, how many basketball fans in the house? Go Hoosiers, right? Go Hoosiers. All right, I'm talking basketball since my Irish got drilled last night. All right, it's a tough day. Whew. Pray for me. Anyway, uh, but I remember being at a practice, and, uh, and, and so we were working on our offensive play, and I was, a, I was a point guard. And I'll never forget, my coach stopped the practice, and he looked at us. He said, Mills called me out in front of the guys. 
thought, oh, Lord. And uh, he said, I want to tell you something. He said, you're quick. He said, you're a great shooter. He says, but you don't have size. Thanks, coach. Yeah, no, I didn't know that, you know. And uh, you're just not real big. He said, but what we have to do is you have to, we have to develop you to have a go-to move. I said, okay, I like, like that, coach. He said, I'm going to teach you a move today. It's going to be your go-to move for the rest of your life when you play basketball. I said, come on, teach me. He said, and it's called the million-dollar move. Everybody said the million-dollar move. All right, now, I'm not as young as I used to be, all right? I'm going to try to do I did it pretty good in first service. We'll see how I do this. But it's a move, so it's a crossover move with, with just your right hand. You're going to hook left, go right. And so that was my move. And, and so I would go, so, and then you go back. Come on, I did not too bad. Come on. I wore my J's for a reason today, all right? And so, but here's what, here's what was important. Coach said to me, hey, he said, what you have to do is create space. Listen to me, don't miss this. He said, because what happens in that go-to move is you're creating space between you and your defender. He said, one or two things are going to happen. You're going to be able to juke them, and after you juke them, you'll be able to do step back and make it rain, you know. And then, or you'll juke them and be able to go in for a layup. But what I did was, and what he was teaching me is, it created space between me and the defender. It created space for me and my problem. It was creating space for me and my situation. And can I tell you something about Joseph? That Joseph had a go-to move. Joseph could have been in a place, listen to me, where he had every right to get angry, could have been bitter, unforgiving, but he made a decision in his life, as we just seen, that he's going to have a go-to move. And his go-to move was simply this, church, that I'm going to step out from my place into God's space. I'm going to come out from my space the way I would like to handle it, but I know I'll jack it up more. So I'm going to step out of my space, and I'm going to step into God's space and handle this how God would want me to handle it. Does anybody get that today? Amen. So we have to be able to create space. Create space from the haters and the takers, the bad blood, and get some space and get into your God's space. The final thing I want to give you is the answer to people's problem is God's plan, promise, and presence. We've got to get into his presence. What's your go-to move? Everyone needs a go-to move. Everyone. In your marriage, you need a go-to move. In your work, at school, you need a go-to move. You have to be able to step back from your space and get into God's space. Difficult times, difficult people, all right? And you have to trust God's plan. And listen, the plan and the purpose that God has for your life is bigger than the pain and problems that people will try to place on you. And I'm challenging all of us today, let's find our go-to move. And for some of us, our go-to move is trusting God today. Your go-to move is, man, I need to trust God. And I need to get out from my space. And I need to get in the presence of, the God, uh, the, in the presence of God and get into his space today. Would you pray with me today? Father, we want to pray for that right now. I pray that you help develop each and every one of us in this room to have a go-to. That we have a go-to move. That, Lord, maybe we've been doing things within our own space, trying to handle life, relationships, people, and we're finding it's not getting better, it's actually getting worse. And so, Father, I just pray in this moment together and in this place that we would just realize how important it is to get into your space. We want to get into God's space today. So, Father, forgive us for doing things on our own.
thinking, forgive us of thinking that we even know it all. Forgive us of our selfishness, of our sin. Forgive us of those things, Lord. Today I pray in Jesus' name and shame to come off of us. And we just call upon you. We need you. I'm gonna encourage you right here that God is big. He's a big God. And whatever you need today, He's here. He loves you, He's for you. For some of us today, your go-to move right here in this moment is giving your life completely to Christ. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Him. And what an opportunity right now in this moment to just say, man, God, I need you. If you're here today on the count of three and you just say, that's me, Pastor. I, I just need God. And you need God in your life. I just want you to raise your hand on the count of three. Just be honest and say, man, I've been trying to do this for too long on my own. I'm ready and I need you, God. One, come on. This is your day. Come on. Two, three. Real high. Say, that's me. Yeah, look at all these hands. Awesome, man. Proud of you guys. Yeah, awesome. So many coming up over there. Amazing. Yep, yep, yep. Awesome. Okay, you can put your hands down. So proud of so many of you. I want to lead you in a prayer, church. I'm just going to ask you to pray with us today, all of us together. And if you raise your hand, just say this. Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins and erase my past. Today I invite you to be the Lord of my life. Thank you for loving me and thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. And everybody said a good amen. Come on, let's give God a great big hand for what he's done today. Amen.